have been meeting as a collective in what we call the table every single Wednesday for the entire year, actually. The Lord uh, really dropped it in my spirit when I had my mastermind space open. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I have all this free time. What am I going to do? And God said, gather my people. And so for an entire year, we've been gathering faith-based entrepreneurs, uh, a room full of strangers that come together week by week, who some of which have become family, others drop in time to time as that like distant cousin. But when they come to the table, it's this place of safe haven. It's a place of communion. It's a place of just connecting over the real and the raw of what's going on. What's going on in the climate of the world? What's going on in the climate of our world, of our minds, of our hearts, of our spirits, of our business, the ecosystems, and everything else that's happening as a becoming leader, right? None of us have figured it out. We're all on the journey. And so everyone has a voice at the table. And over the course of this year, we have had so many people come in who they want to be there every single week. They just don't have the capability, whether they're schedule or whatever it is, and they're unable to be there. And they want the, they want a recording. They want to listen. And I'm like, no, like this is a sanctuary. I initially was pretty steadfast. I had no hearing from the Lord that I was supposed to release it any other way, that this was supposed to be a safe space. And about eight and a half months in, the Lord said, you can share now. And it was a conversation that I brought to the table because it's not mine to share. It's not Anthony's to share. It's a sacred space. And the conversations are getting richer and richer and richer because the presence dwells when we gather in this way. We know when two or more are gathered, there he will be. And he has always been. There's been prophetic understanding. There's been worship. There's been devout prayer. There's been healing that's happened. There's been storytelling. There's been testimony sharing. There's been... Um, you know, lens of how do we get by with understanding of obedience, with understanding of discipline, with understanding of the good stuff, right? The rich stuff, the fruit bearing things that we get to experience on this side of heaven. So when we decided we're going to start recording, I was just going to do it once a month and I brought it to the table and everyone was like, no, I want every single recording is so good. How are you going to decipher when something's going to happen or when someone's going to say something that you just really fully need? So we now have a recorded sanctuary. And for those who know us as a mobilized church, this is not news because whenever people listen to virtual churches, they get to hear from the pastor every single week. But the variability on hearing the table is that it's not just the pastors, it's not just the minister, it's not just the people who we're bringing in for an episode, it's a collective, it's the whole body. And it's from people all over, from all different walks of life, from all different entrepreneurial backgrounds, and all different elements and spaces in their faith journey too. And it's beautiful, it's so rich. And I really believe that you guys are going to get a behind the scenes. And this is an invitation, this is not a BTS, you don't have to stay behind the scenes. This is an invitation for you to come and dwell with us at the table. And so I hope that this ignites you enough to say, you know what, I want in on that conversation. And your voice will be heard too, but most importantly, your heart will be brought into the union of all of us together. And that togetherness is something that entrepreneurs often experience the opposite of, which is isolation. So no more isolation in our journeys of entrepreneurial mission-driven leadership and no more isolation in our spiritual journeys. This is a time for us to truly commune and for everyone to get the microphone, which is different than the regular church, but it is 
a mobilized church. And it's the way that Jesus hung out with the people that he loved. And so the people that he was teaching, right? So we're here to teach, we're here to learn, we're here to talk, but we're also here to listen. Tune in to the Founder Collection Table and know you can go to the show notes below and get the invitation to come week by week. It's 12 o'clock Eastern on Wednesdays. We love you. Thanks for joining us at the table. Are you deprived, perhaps discombobulated, maybe even distracted? You want more from life, from relationships, from God. Whether you're in a season searching for purpose or perhaps know your purpose but feeling lackluster or lost in the execution of it, this podcast was created for you. In fact, this isn't just a podcast, it's a movement, and we're on a mission to find the lost, welcome them in, and launch them into their greatest destiny, fully found in Him and founded on the rock. This is a table for a multitude of marketplace ministers to come together for fresh revelation, resources, and revival. Get ready to catch the fire and live fully free, fully found. This is the Founder Collective. So who's got a testimony to kick us off? Something going on in your life. We come in a lot of times and just go right into talking about some things. Um, but I know every one of us coming here for a reason, whether we're carrying something or sometimes we got something to bring. So who's got a, a testimony of something going on in your life? I have a couple of things, um, that I could share that we're talking about here in our church and seeing the fruits of already. Um, but I want to open up the floor right off the bat. Anybody have anything that's kind of on your plate, off your plate, somewhere in that area? On your plate, off your plate. I'm hungry. Yeah. I haven't eaten lunch. <laughs> I just <laughs> washed mine down. So, <laughs> are we talking? What are we just talking about? Life and and what people are kind of simmering with right now. Yeah, just throwing it out there for testimonies or whatever somebody has. I uh, say sometimes we just come in and we go to it, but you never know what a testimony can unlock in somebody's life. So, completely. I don't think we do enough time of this in our own lives sometimes with sharing our testimonies or providing space for people to share theirs. Because yeah. those are the moments of growth. Those are the moments for me, I always say God gets bigger through somebody else's testimony. You're like, oh, I never tapped into that. So well, I also think it's the process. Right like I think a lot of people think of testimony as like the past or something that they've overcome that was like, you know, years ago, like my book, right? Is like a testimony of that season of my life or that genre of story. Like there was a thousand stories I didn't include in that element of my life. So I think it's fun just to even have testimonies of like the last week where God has shown up or the last day where you've seen him move. Um, I know Janice and I had a gift of having a conversation yesterday that was just rich so much so that her husband said, your face looks nicer today. <laughs> like you just look nicer. And so I think there's just sometimes like where it, I think the prayer like testimony to that was just connection. I think often we can like create these storylines in our life of like removing ourselves from situations. And we then are like, wait, I feel out. Of, I feel discombobulated. I feel isolated. I feel like I am lacking the truth or wisdom or, and we create those storylines that then put us in a space of disconnection. And that's the enemy's tactic all the time. And so what about that? What about that lens? Does anybody 
have something that ignites inside of them as far as like a testimony from the last week or even just within the last 24 hours. And Chris Rickstrew is currently stuck on a frozen smile that on my computer and he's just like grinning and I know it's not frozen, but it's like the best thing ever. I don't know why he's frozen, but he's smiling so big. The perma smile. <laughs> oh, he's live again. You're live again, Chris. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking as you were talking about that. I'm how frozen. <laughs> I'm frozen. I was thinking about that, Tamara, as you were talking about um, sometimes our testimony, we think we have to get to the end of it to give it. But it's kind of like a big climb. And there's waypoints along the way. If you go on a real big climb, there's moments you got to stop and take a rest. Maybe you got to even uh, put up camp for the night. And knowing that along those ways, when you get to those waypoints, looking back is a testimony that you can take the next step. It's not a testimony that you'll complete the next step, but it's that I can complete something. So I got to keep going. And then every moment forward is that place. So even in our own life, living through our own testimonies, sometimes we undervalue the testimony of what we just came through because we feel like it's not where we're trying to get. It's not, okay, I'm trying to get from A to Z and I just made it to B. So it's not really that big a deal. Look at everybody else that's hanging out in Q and P and, and I'm stuck at B and God's like, but you made it to B. That means you can move further than you were. So the testimony that you have to give sometimes to yourself in the mirror is like, I can take another step. This is not the end. There's still the invitation to go. Julie, get your hand up. Oh. Oh. Did oh. you see Jill's uh, comment too in yeah. the chat? My testamental. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> go, Julie. The mess in the middle, right? Um, the thing I was just thinking about is how there are things that we often will go through before the rest of the body of Christ does. Um, as a way of learning, as a way of growing. And so we're prepared to help other people go through it. At church on Sunday, uh, one of the leaders stood up and said, like the global church is, is entering into a building season and it's just, it's time to expand and grow. And I just laughed because for the last 10 months, I've had construction on all four sides of my house, like literal construction outside of my window all the time. And so it's like, yeah, I've been in a building season. I'm still in it, but it's like, there's the skills that we get to learn in the mess of the middle, right? Like, like just it, all the, all the things that we get to navigate and still stay in a place of like trusting in the faithfulness of God, even when the mess is all encompassing and surrounding us. And the thing I was um, thinking about the other day was um, a friend of mine leads a a book study. Um, and she was out of town and asked me to cover it. And the, the topic for that week was cultivating a happy brain. And I honestly was not feeling like I had a happy brain that day. <laughs> I was not feeling it. I was just like, okay, this is going to be an act of will. But I was so blessed just by going through the material and by speaking it out to other people, I felt like it shifted everything inside of me. And then the beauty of like seeing everything around you in alignment with what God is doing in your life or what he's teaching you. And I've been reading, um, I love the Passion Translation. I've been reading Joshua um, in the Passion Translation. And I've read, I've studied this book for 15 years and just love it. Um, but reading it in a different translation just gives something so insightful and new and fresh. And, um, and this is the part in Joshua three, where they're wading into the Jordan and, and the water gets held back. Um, but the thing about it is I feel like so many, 
so many people have been hearing that we're entering into the promised land. Like this is a season of where we're building and the things that are coming are going to be the fulfillment of the promises that have been held back for a long time. And this was the first time that I had read this where they were talking about um, where it, it's written, as you advance into the land, he will drive out before you the Canaanites, Hittites, Hivites, Perizzites, all those people, all the ites. But in the translation, in the um, in the extra material, it explains that the meaning of each of those names, that Canaanites are those who traffic in materialism. So that's the love of money. And Hittites means in Hebrew, those broken in pieces, um, terror or dread. And that represents anger and violence. And it just shows like the meaning of each of those, those names, the seven names, um, Hivites means life born of effort or beastly life, and it represents human effort and reliance upon self. All these different things, these are all inner strongholds. These are all things that we get to conquer to enter into the promised land. And so as I'm dealing with like the construction all around me and some of the irritation of the constant beeping or the roadblocks where you have to go a different way, it's like these are strongholds that I get to partner with God to remove that will keep me free flowing, will help me to have that happy brain, but also just to be connected with what God is leading me into. Like, what is my promised land and what is your promised land? And what are the struggles we each get to walk like out of agreement with God and create our own like positive strongholds? Like, I want to go brick by brick and remove like the negative stronghold and be like, no, I want a joy stronghold. No, I want to make a kindness stronghold. Like I want to rebuild the things that have been built in my life because of just the patterns of life. And I want to build them according to the ways that God is guiding me and leading me. So that's, that's my fresh revelation for this week. I'm going to challenge something you said, Julie, because that's what I like to do. Please do. uh, You said the strongholds that we have to encounter to get into the promised land but they encountered those strongholds in the promised land. That's where we can get stuck. Sometimes we feel like we got to overcome those to get into our promised land. So we may be in our promised land, but still have a broken mindset that we're not there yet because of the strongholds we have to overcome. He said, I'm going to put you into a place of abundance, but these are the things you're going to have to go against one by one in that place to understand the value of the place you're in. Sometimes those battles and struggles can limit. And that's why going back to this, this testimony, he's taking us in the promised land. So I got to be in the promised land. So then when I come up against opposition, I'm not in my promised land. And he's like, look at all around you. You get so focused on a moment of struggle, a moment of test that you missed what's been done to get you to this place. The moment they crossed, uh, if you think about it, a smaller miracle than had been done before. It took a whole Red Sea to split to get them into the wilderness. It just took a little river to get them to the uh, into a, the place of abundance, the place of promise. So even that place, sometimes a little moment, we need to have a testimony of our past moment to know, I don't need to have another Red Sea split because he did that to get me here. Now I'm not going to undervalue God because he just pulled back a river because I know the same God that did that did this, he knows what I need when I need it. And it's never going to be the same. It's going to be based on the place I'm in, which is a powerful moment of realization. Um, We were talking about this over the last month in our church. We talked about justification and sanctification. And I don't know why we fail to see our spiritual journey with our physical journey of maturity, but it's so true. Like when you were a baby and you took your first step or you said your first word, it was so cute and everybody cheered for you. Da, 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 da. And it was amazing. 
And now at 45, if I just went around saying dad, 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 it's not that cute anymore. And I don't get near the praise. It's the same way in our growth and our spiritual journey. Like the things we did when we were immature Christians, people celebrate, God celebrated. And I think there's so many people that are 45 years into their Christian walk that are still walking in immaturity and expecting God to give them the same praise he did before. And if he doesn't, it's invaluing their relationship with him. When he's saying, grow up. I don't need to value you in the things that you've already done. You should be doing that anyways. Are you walking and growing? I don't need to split a Red Sea because there's already stories about that. I've already proven that. Joshua, you were there and saw it. Now I'm taking you to a place that I'm going to just do what needs to get done to get you to the next place. That's where those testimonies begin to cascade and grow and build on one another. And it's not just the God of the Red Sea. It's the God of the Red Sea and the God of the Jordan River at that point, which makes him that much bigger. Joe Dip. Hi. So I just wanted to share a quick testimony um, because uh, God's been telling me that what I have to say is indeed significant. So um, a month, a little over a month ago, I have been in a, a time of very intense time in my business, trying to build a new membership and launch it and very busy, but yet I had an opportunity to teach at my weekly women's Bible study in person. And I had a, a message on my heart that I felt was, went very well after what we had just been studying. And, you know, I was like, you know, what do I do? Do I say yes to this? You know, and it may delay my business thing, you know, and, and I just felt like, God said, you know, to say yes to that opportunity. And so I did. Um, and just this, this week, there've been like three or four other people that I've listened to, like kind of randomly. It's not people that I have normally listened who had not the exact same, but, but a similar message, you know, and maybe they came at it from a different perspective or, you know, had a little bit different flavor, but it was similar. And so I just felt like God was um, just confirming that, you know, what he, that he had given me that message and that, you know, he, that it was something that uh, needs to be shared. So just uh, stepping out in faith to do that and then, and then seeing, and I, and I don't think I'll, I've seen yet like the fruit of what that will be. And I think it's just like, uh, will grow. And it will, and it will. I think the, I love that message that, that he gave you and something that you can hold tight to is that you have something significant to say because he dwells inside of you. And so he wants to speak through you. And when we surrender that, especially when we surrender our plan of action, right? Julie was kind of speaking to this a, a little bit is like, we're building over here. Like, I think I need this checklist and I need to do this thing. And he will interrupt that with an opportunity that is going to serve his, his children immediately. 
as a reminder for you to keep going towards the other things that you're building. Um, the affirmations that I'm sure you received, the element we've talked here about like really not needing the, the validation, but I do believe that as Julie is so good at, like the gift of encouragement, the gift of somebody to be able to speak life into something you've done even out of um, your own unknowingness or your own um, lack, that it will truly enhance the next step that you take with more momentum behind you. And you always have to remember that when you are giving God's word, his word is a seed. And yet it's also the water um, that hydrates every element of said seed. So every time that that person now moving forward, here's the word, whoever those women were, there's going to be a, a stakehold, whether they remember it as that moment that Joe Jet spoke or that moment I was at small group, or it could have no connection to you that they never actually affirm or validate you were used as a vessel in the expansion of the kingdom and what an honor right like well done my good and faithful servant you got to go to bed i'm sure over over joyous that day so i love that and you do have something significant to say i'm grateful that you shared today i think joe did what you're proving is and this is something a lot of people because uh, i know all of us encounter and we may have been that i know i've been in this place before is where we constantly want to stage I, Tamara and I encounter a lot of people come to these conferences. I feel like I'm supposed to be on a stage. I'm supposed to be a speaker. And I think there's something valuable in what you just demonstrated is you didn't need a stage for you to have a message. Look at Jesus. And this is going to, this is a perfect example. Jesus, he says this often, if we could get this and we could just do what we see or hear the, or see what the father do and hear or say what we hear the father say, I'd say it again, do what we see the father do say what we hear the Father say. So it's the connection through the Holy Spirit that when he gives you that word, say it. When he gives you that action, do it. And it's confirmation and just knowing that connection with him. But then Jesus, when we watch him, he's out and he's ministering and he gets uh, an invitation to come to Jairus's house. His daughter's sick. So in that moment, through the Father, he experiences, yes, it's time to go to Jairus's house. He changes his direction and goes to Jairus's house. On the way there is when the woman with the issue of blood comes up and touches the hem of his garment. In that moment, the father didn't give Jesus a message. He gave him a place. And that place was intermediary to the position and the message he was supposed to go. Think about that. Jesus didn't go to stand there so the woman could touch the hem of his garment but the father positioned him to be there when she met him there. So think about that in your life when sometimes you're looking for a stage and he's like, you know what? I'll give you a message to go to the stage, but the most profound moment in your life, maybe five steps earlier than that, when I just got you in a position to walk in that direction. So if he gives you that word, Jodit, give it, but also be ready for the process to get there because sometimes those are the moments that you're going to have the most impact in somebody because you were just there to listen and that word you thought you had, and I've had this before, I've prepared a word for a sermon on a stage and I realized before I ever get there, it wasn't for a stage, it was for something else. But he got me moving in that direction and it was positioned for somebody else. So just a thought process. Chris. Um, so uh, last week we talked about obedience and I was like, yes, that's my jam. And then we're talking about testimonies. I'm like, yes, that's my second jam uh testimonies are my thing uh in our warriors of god group we do a 6 a.m bible study every morning and every person in the group has to go over 
their testimony from yesterday. How did God show up in your life yesterday? And uh, God gave that to me because he said that as, as warriors of God, we need to be testimony hunters. We need to have the eyes every day of looking, where has God shown up? Where has God shown up? Where has God shown up? Um, and so uh, I tell them, like, when you guys are warriors, you're not called to just have a testimony. You're called to be a testimony. So when someone asks you a test about a testimony, you're like, I give you my testimony from 10 years ago when I gave my life to Jesus, or I could tell you the 10 things he did in my life yesterday. And uh, so I even uh, have these cards for them uh, called battle cards. And on the back, they write all their testimonies. So these are all of my testimonies just from the last week. And so when you're asking about testimonies, I'm like, well, I could do that. Oh, man, that one's so good. Oh, this one's so good. Oh, this one's so good. Oh, this one's so good. Because what I've learned in my walk of faith is that we live in a world where we're taught, I'll believe it when I see it. Well, your testimony is them seeing that God is real. You know, you could preach them all day long, but we live in a world where they will believe it when they see it. And and so you are the seeing it. You are, you know, the demonstration of, of who God is and what he's done. So I look at the last week. Um, and one of the uh, big testimonies is God told me how to bring, uh, he showed me how to bring instant, uh, an instant into condemnation. So if you're going through any kind of condemnation in your mind and he's attacking you, he showed me how to, how to remove that. Um, after, uh, being on here last, uh, last week, uh, Corey Freeman reached out to me and, and wanted me to be on our podcast. So I was on her podcast this week. On top of that, she invited my mom. So my mom's going to be speaking on her first podcast, uh, then uh, Tamara and I spoke, and I'm going to be going to FounderCon. And uh, when I told my mom that, my mom was like, oh, my God, I wish I could go. And then two days later, Tamara says, oh, by the way, you have a free ticket to bring someone. I, and I told my mom, you can go. And she screamed, and she lost her mind. Uh, also, my pastor came to me at church, and he asked me if I'd be the new, uh, new believers director for church. So I'm going to be responsible for taking all the new believers from crawling with Christ to running with him and, and just on fire for the Lord. Um, and that's a huge responsibility. Just last week alone, we had 60 new salvations. And so I'm going to be responsible in charge of putting together a whole program, a graduation program, teaching them how to get their first Bible, what translation they should get, where they should start. Um, and uh, just yesterday, like my, my I, have, I have several from yesterday, but my biggest testimony from yesterday is uh, God revealed to me that I've, I've been wondering like lord what's holding me back like i feel there's something holding me back like i've i've just taken on the spirit of slothfulness and i've i'm crushing it like i'm at the gym at 5 a.m like i'm just kicking butt with that i feel amazing and i'm like man lord what's what's that thing that i can feel i can feel there's something deep that is still stopping me and holding me back in so many areas and i know it's this thing of not finishing not completing things there's so many things i'm working on there's so many things i'm doing and and i was like lord what is that and yesterday he revealed it took me sitting there at Starbucks for like two hours, just like ugh, it was like on the tip of my tongue, like on the tip of my spirit. I could feel it like it's there, like that that stupid demon didn't want to come out of the out of the darkness and reveal itself. And I was like, I am not leaving this Starbucks until I figure out what this is, because I had to teach a class on it last night. And uh, God revealed that it was the spirit of distraction um, and that spirit of distraction where the enemy wants me. You know, Jesus said, you're the light of the world. The enemy wants us to be like a disco ball because no one's afraid of a disco ball. A disco, when a demon sees a disco ball, they dance, they party because they know there's no threat. But as believers, we're the light of the world. We're not called to be disco balls. We're called to be laser beams. And a laser beam cuts through steel. And when demons see this ball, they dance. When demons see a laser beam, they run. And, and God was showing me, like, I've called you to be a laser beam. Take all of that, that power and that energy and that passion, that light I've given you, and focus it. And that is what the enemy doesn't want. He, a, a focused believer is a weapon of mass destruction against the kingdom of darkness. 
And, and so I had this massive epiphany yesterday, like, oh my God, Lord, that's the thing that has stopped me because I have all of these things that I've started, all these things that I built. You guys have no idea how many products, services that I've built that not a single person has ever seen. The branding, the logo, the website, and I never put it out to the world because I got distracted by this thing. And it's like this shiny object and this shiny object, not realizing that, you know, just because it's a good thing, it's not a God thing. Um, and And so just this massive breakthrough of like, being able to focus. And so yesterday I was able to sit down and the moment I realized it's that spirit of distraction, I literally felt this mass weight be lifted, you know, cause we live in a world where we're constantly distracted and as entrepreneurs, it's just like, I should do this thing. And I got to have one of these and have one of those. And in doing that, it's like, that's great. But for me, it's not great because I I'm great when I'm focused on a laser beam, when I'm a laser beam, I can make things happen. Like the Lord uses me powerfully when I'm a disco ball. I know these spirits just look at me and laugh. And, and because you look at the disco ball, you know, it shines its light all over the place. Um, it doesn't light up anything, but it also just goes in circles. And so much of my time, I just felt like, oh, I'm just going in a circle. Like, here we go again. Here we go again. Here we go again. Here we go again. Versus a laser beam can only go in a straight line. And so it was just a massive breakthrough yesterday. Uh, this whole week has been full of testimonies, but testimonies, I mean, they're everything. In, in Revelations 12, 11, it's the enemy was defeated by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. Like that's your guys' testimony. And so, um, you know, the enemy is defeated in other people when we speak when we speak our testimonies because our testimony is a demonstration of God's power. It is like the ultimate light that we speak. And so it is something that I take super seriously. And that's why I live my life where it's like, if anyone asks me a testimony, I'm like, from yesterday because I've got six. Let me pull out my list because I carry these cards around in my pocket because if I don't, I'll forget. So when you guys ask that, I'm like, oh my gosh, there's oh, there's so many. I don't even know which one to share. And I feel like that's what we're called to, to do as believers. We should, because all of this, this is fruit. Like this is fruit. And, and as believers and as followers of Jesus, we are called to produce fruit. And for me, I looked at the last week and this is an orchard. Like this just isn't an apple or an apple tree. It's an entire orchard. And uh, and that's how I'm choosing to live. And, and thankfully, God is is blessing me with that. And uh, the last thing I'll say is uh, when I was on this call with you guys, um, I think it was like three months ago or something. This is when we started doing testimonies in my group. Uh, someone was praying and God said to me, there's not a day that goes by that I don't give you an opportunity for a testimony. And I was like, oh, the next day in my morning call, I was like, every day moving forward, we are going to share a testimony of how God showed up in our life yesterday. And now it's crazy because all the, the people in my group, they're like, we're testimony hunters. You know, we bring new people in and they're like, oh, yeah. And, you know, when it's not really a testimony, like, you know, today, yesterday was just a good day. We call that a stretch demony because it's like, ah, that's kind of a stretch. You know, like, where did God really show up? Where did he powerfully show up? And, you know, it's like the Bible says, seek and you will find. You know, when you look for God to show up, you'll see that he's always there. Um, and so, yeah, I, I love I love testimonies. That's all. You called it fruit, but it has a dual nature. It's fruit for those in need, but it is a weapon against that enemy, against the lies of the enemy. So you got a quiver of arrows in your hand right there that can defeat the lies of the enemy that says, well, this is who God is, or this is who God's not, and all those things. And the power of those testimonies, like, no, let me show you exactly who God is and how he proved it in my life. So that's how we completely begin to undermine and uh, remove authority from the enemy in this area in people's lives is by demonstration. You're exactly right. So beautifully said, sir. All right. I need a deck of battle cards. I might just have to start with a journal, but 
I'm, I'm not trying I'll to distract you, you. I'm not making you a disco ball. I want you to be laser focused. I already got I them. Some... <laughs> good. I printed like a thousand of them, so you're good oh, to go. So good. <laughs> I love that. Well, we're going to put them out the chairs of everybody at FounderCon. Yeah. That was an epic move. I love it. All right, Kim, what's up, sister? Good morning. So I was just thinking in the beginning, um, I, it's funny because there's always something pretty significant that somebody says that I'm like, gosh, okay, that's like spoken to me somewhere throughout the week. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? And I can't always remember where it is. So I have to dig back through. And last week I had made a post um, with regards to putting into practice what, what we know and what we hear from him. And, you know, coming from um, Philippians 4, 9. And in, I don't know how many of you do the, the Bible app every day online, but it was, it, that's where it came from. They were talking about, you know, we hear those things, we learn those things, we know those things. So when we get back to growing our faith and going deeper in that, it's not just about hearing it, it's about practicing it. And for whatever reason, you know, in, in the moment last week when I read that, when I heard that, when I prayed about that, it was significant to me that it is the constant practice. It's the awareness of what you're hearing and what you're learning and what he's saying, but not just taking that in and keeping that for myself. And so as we look at immature, um, you know, being an infant in your faith versus taking that step into being more of an adult in faith, it's really about taking what you've learned and what you know, and then putting that into practice. And that's how we grow up and develop and get to become the person that he's created us to be in his image. So just wanted to share that. Yeah, you think about it from an insurance perspective, it stops, you stop getting congratulated on being able to drive, to drive. you get congratulated on being a safe driver. <laughs> so we had to, to confirm you can drive, but how are you driving? So there's that transition, that shift more as more is given, more is required and just walking in that obedience of listening and trusting. So, so true. It, maturing is tough and it's a constant we see in the, um, the New Testament church. Paul talked about it with every church he talked about. It, he talked about maturing and talked about their lack of. What did he talk about in, in response to love in Ephesians? He said, I wish you could know the depth of how high, how wide that's a maturing process. He, he told, um, I forget where it is, but he said, I wish I could feed you meat, but you're still drinking milk. You've become satisfied with just knowing of Jesus. But if you could ever know him, if you could really have that, um, Damascus road experience where you're connected deeper and there's a calling in your life, it makes you operate differently. That's why I struggle with so many people walking away from their faith because there's no way I can walk away from my faith right now because of what I've experienced in my life. So if you've walked away, I truly believe those are the people that knew of Jesus. They knew what their pastor told them. They knew what the stories they'd heard. But when you meet him for real, when he really has those testimonies, and I think that's the other piece, Chris, is writing down those testimonies are building that piece in your life. So I can't walk away from this. this is why. It, because the moment I walk away, the moment I renounce my faith, I'm saying all of this is me. Because that's really what I think that's what we, get when we talk about blasphemy. I think blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is when you've encountered and experienced the power and authority of the Holy Spirit in your life. And then all of a sudden you say, I don't believe. In that moment, what you've said is I am capable of all the things I've gone through. 
So those testimonies validate not only to, but in that moment of struggle where somebody challenges you or you get wounded in Samaria, you're like, no, 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 this is God is, and you can't take that away from me. So now I just need to rest on these promises and trust him and walk through this next, this next battle. So, so good. Natalie, coach Nat in the house. Hey. <laughs> Before uh, Natalie goes, Natalie's podcast just went live yesterday. Oh, She's yay. not going to tell anybody this. So I am the confidence coach. You got to get into the confident coach. Natalie Petrowski, her first is fire. I wasn't sure which direction she was going to go. And she went, Holy Spirit. I was like, of course she did. Let's go. It was so rich. So I hope people tune into it. I'll drop a link in the chat. Go, Nat. Well, I mean, I'm a, trust me, I'm a planner and I'm like my life and my businesses and stuff, but I was like, you you know, he called me to do this and trained me up, you know, almost a year ago well, to January, but it's not until recently. He was like, it's time now. Um, and it's like, who, I'm not going to try to like control this. So I sat down after I got all of the stuff that I'm in control of, like the setup and everything. And I was like, okay, I did it. What am I talking about? Um, no, it's good. I let the Holy Spirit, um, you know, reveal to me. It was so, just the way that his beauty of just the, the year week before that um, into that. So, um, but yeah, I kind of actually to kind of go with what Kimberly was saying. Um, I kind of jumped in a little late, but I moving into like a new place and, and that in your testimonies, the thing I wanted to say, um, even Chris, when you were talking was that. I don't know if you guys know who Rema Trainer is, but she's been bringing fire recently, like Holy Spirit, her prophetic voice is just, it's amazing. And um, something that she said a couple of days ago or something she posted and I, and God had been saying that to me, like for like two months about me walking into this new place into in October um, is, it's just like everything that in our life and our testimonies you know, some of it, there's a lot of it that doesn't go with us. Like, and I say that meaning that, um, you know, I feel like I've lived like 10 lives. I'm sure people feel that way, but like I was in the military, I was a collegiate athlete. Like I have these like really weird, like I won't go into all of them, but things that are, you're like, wait, you did that? Like you what? Um, and I'm like, yeah, I did that too. And you know, I did campaign stuff for politics. Like there's just like weird stuff that would be like, I didn't know that about you. But my point is, is that we, we sometimes value if we're not, if we're believers and really give our value in God, but we, we want to sometimes put value in our skill set and like the things that we know and the wisdom that we have from, from doing a certain job or a certain season of our life that we were in, you know, when I was in the military, I controlled aircraft and I deployed and I was in, the, like, there's a lot, right. I won't go into all it. Right. I don't use any of that now, like zero. What I'm saying is like, like, could I go work a job that does and uses that skill set and get paid probably really great money and all this stuff. Great. But like, that's not what God wants me to do. So there was a time and a place for that. And, and, and there were, there are absolutely things in that, in that testimony that he's, he, you know, gave to me to move me into the next phase and the next to call, call me higher. But when we look at like our, I say our fleshly skill sets, like there's difference between gifts and skills, right? Like, and that's where we have to have discernment and really understand and have God show me, like, I am skilled, very skilled in like this thing over here. Like I can do it with my eyes closed but that's like not my gifting. And that's not where like God's want me in my life. So like, so when I, you know, talk to people, I think Tamara recently, I think even, I don't know, like a few months ago, I think you'd be like, I didn't know you did. I, and so you don't realize how much you've learned over your life and the skills that you've, you've acquired 
Um, and some people let that define them and say, I'm doing because this is my skills and I'm so good at it while they're absolutely miserable in their job or they're absolutely miserable in that, in their phase of their life. And so it takes us to really like lean on the Lord and what God wants us and saying yes to God and the walk he has for us to like lay that down and be like, oh, I, I, I don't need that anymore. I mean, but man, that's like a really good skill set. Like I can, in the world, I can do a lot with that, but it's like, oh yeah, you don't want me to have that though. Okay. And so Ray, my trainer recently put a couple of weeks ago or, or a couple of days ago um, about like the scaffolding of a building. And I was like, yes, that's the best way to say it. Like when the building's being built, you have to have scaffolding to be able to build it. And it's all there. And it, it serves such an amazing purpose. You literally can't build a building without scaffolding. But when the building's built, the scaffolding goes away. It's like, it's not supposed to be there. And so there's these skill sets we learn that is like the scaffolding to our life. And, and some are like legit. And, and the world will tell us that this is like defines you. And this is where you need to be doing because it pays, you know, $200,000 a year or something like that. But that's not actually what God was using it for. And so why we obviously can't have idolization of money or skills or, or, or situations that we're in, right? Um, like, is this from God or not? Are these, are these things that you're presenting to me from you, God, or from the enemy? And that's why, like, it's so powerful that we have to, like, not, because something that looks amazing and is like, oh my gosh, what a great opportunity. He's like, no, 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 that's not for me. And, and to know, and to really discern between the two. So when talking about testimonies and I just was, your testimony in real life is like, none of that is for, is lost. And it's obviously all means something, but I think the true testimony is to be like, yeah, like, and that's where like the, when, when God's, or when Jesus said like, sell everything and come with me. And he's like, oh my gosh, like, I can't do that. Like, look what I've done. He just, he could not let go of like, what, 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 what really defined him in a way. Right. And so I just think like with our testimony is, is when he moves you out of that season or that transition or out of that place, it, it absolutely served his pur purpose, but like, yeah, I don't, that skill set I'll never use again. And cool. I have it. And like, I say, can say I did that, but like, I will never control F-18s again in my life. But like, that was, that's a cool story, bro. <laughs> that's it. And then it's done. So, um, I just, I think that's part of our testimonies is to really just, um, be okay and be at peace with like, and, and find the joy of the Lord in those moments and those seasons of your life and those skill sets that you, man, I could still do that if I wanted to. Yeah. But I, God's not wanting me to. So it's done. So I don't know. I just thought that part of our testimonies is really like allowing the scaffolding of our lives to be like done when it's done. I yeah, love that are, analogy. Those are the moments where someone touched the hem of your garment and you wasn't there for the reason you thought you were, because I guarantee, I know for me, I, when I first got out back into ministry, cause I felt the call to ministry very early in my life as a teenager and then joined the Navy and ran off from that calling and thought I missed it. So when, um, when it come back around, shoot, 15 years later, I was like, man, I've wasted years of my life. And I struggled for a while for God realized, no, 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 you gain something from those seasons. I Same with me, the things I learned in the military, I do nothing with that now. But there's so many things that I did gain out of that that I do use. So God will put you in situations and circumstances to get things into you or out of you to prepare you for whatever comes next. So I guarantee you use more than you're not landing planes, but there's a lot that you gained in that season that has helped you be who you are today. Uh, things that you probably didn't know you need or thought you could operate without. Um, but God's like, no, I'll get you here and I'll let you do this. And this little nugget and all this big amount of time you're putting here, this little thing I'm going to put in you that's going to position you to do something huge. 
we got a couple Sabrina on here, but then Alexis, I think this may be her first time. So I oh, know she's been good. here a lot. She just doesn't no, get I mean, to talk talking. a lot. That's what I mean. Talking. <laughs> I always see I your know, face. I love it. She always is in the chat. All right, Sabrina, let's go. And then Alexis. Yeah. So, um, I love what you were sharing. Um, uh, is it Natalie, right? Call her Nat. Sorry. Um, just about the talking about the scaffolding. That's interesting because I just read that as well. And um, talking about God moving into you into a different um, season. And man, that really resonates. And I feel like it's part of the testimony is um, for me is recognizing that the, the, the end, so to speak of this season where I thought um, these ladies and I were building something, you know, and then we had vision for this thing, but then, the Lord said, no, actually, it's time for you to part and not necessarily part as friends, but you're actually not building something together. But what I have done in you and through you together is going to carry you to, to go. It was almost like God brought us together for a season to, to pour into one another's lives. And then now he said, it's actually time for you to, to go, to, to go and do the things that I've called you to do and to be to, to send one another, so to speak. And we're still in each other's lives, but recognizing like, that's a good thing, <laughs> you know, because now like, I feel like God is saying, I'm calling you higher. I'm calling you deeper. There's a greater responsibility. Um, there's more work that you have to do. And you've had this safe place with, with these women and you've had this safe place to, um, I feel like practice. <laughs> I don't know how else to, you know, but a safe place to practice and to grow in some of these gifts and things that, that, that God has deposited on the inside of us. But then there's going to come a time where he might say, okay, now go. And it's almost like in that moment, when we all realize like, that's exactly what God is doing. There was like a, a moment of, of grief, you know, like sadness, but then realizing like, it's okay to be sad, but we're not saying goodbye. We're just, we're, we're going higher. Like, and this is exciting because we're all growing. And if, if each one of us continues to grow, then the body is healthier. Like we're growing as a body. And, and when, when each individual wins, so to speak, like the body is healthier. And so it's not for us to hold back. And it was almost like this this moment of like, man, this is such a treasure that we have this together. We've been building relationship with one another and learning what it looks like to, to grow in relationship, like in a healthy way and have hard conversations and all of that. But it was like, I felt like it was such a treasure. And God said, you're holding on to the treasure when other people are desiring for these things too. Like what we have here I feel like is a treasure, <laughs> but then I recognize that other people are hungry for this too. And so this is not to be a gift or a treasure to hold on to, but something that we, we learn from, and then we can gift it to other people, you know, that are so hungry for this and, and for those relationships that you feel like are God relationships. Like, I don't know how else to say it because I've had so many dysfunctional, you know, relationships, but I feel like when, when God brings those, those other people that you can grow and you can learn with, but then he's like, you're trying to hold on to something that I've given you to give away. And I'm like, Oh, wow. Like, this is all good stuff. This is not a time to grieve. This is a time to celebrate. Um, and so I'm just celebrating, um, with all of you. Um, 
you know, that, that God is calling you higher and deeper. Um, and it's all good things. And so whatever you're having to maybe let go of, or maybe habits or something, you know, God has been telling me, you cannot continue to operate in the same way where I'm taking you. You need to recognize, you know, are you stewarding your time? Well, but it's like this greater level of accountability and weight that's not heavy, but it's something that I have been feeling like in the depths of my soul, you know, and it doesn't, it's not a heaviness, but it's like, Oh, whoa, you know, kind of a thing. And so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm just celebrating each and every one of you because, um, what God is doing is, is all good things. Um, all good things. So thanks for letting me chime in. Sabrina, I think it's funny. I was at a, a coffee date with someone I had no, had no context to who they were other than that a mutual friend connected us yesterday. And um, they, they're a big visionary person. Um, and he was taking notes like while I was talking. I love people like that. I don't know if you guys are note takers when people talk to you at like a coffee shop. It's the best. Um, I do it in my phone, but I need to bring a thing because it's just like, what are they writing over there? I'm so curious. And so he's taking down notes and drawing all these diagrams while we're talking. And like, we weren't there for business. It was literally just friendship, getting to know one another. And I was literally like sharing the big vision of Founder Collective and getting so excited about it, like all these things to, to grow. And he said, he like was smiling ear to ear and he didn't say anything except for this at the very end. He said, are you holding it lightly? And we've talked here low, like in this room about open-handedness, right? And we took, talked about it through the lens of like, what are you coming to give rather than just like constantly receiving, though there are 100% seasons where you need to receive and that needs to be something you're good at doing too. Um, but the, are you willing to, are you holding it lightly? I was like, I started laughing because I was like, oh my gosh, first off, like it's kind of in baby mode right now. It's kind of like, no, I'm not holding it lightly. You cannot borrow my baby right now. She is still latched to me. And yet at the same time, like for a complete stranger, to say something to me that I have been like you, Sabrina, processing um, without the, the necessary context or words or even the knowledge of what I need to do next. But I was wholeheartedly able to say, yeah, I actually am. And he said, he said, there are people that are coming that are going to take this from you. And it's not a bad thing. You're going to be giving it to them. But this isn't where you're going to stay. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I don't know how I feel about that. To build something and then to release it is, is that's what serial entrepreneurship is. And it's 100% an apostolic anointing and an ability to be able to see things into existence and then to move on to the next thing that's ahead. Um, and so I love that you brought that up, Sabrina. And, and Kim and I have been talking about this a ton too offline from this place. And so I think we need to have that posture in everything that we do on a consistent basis because the times I've clenched onto something and it's been yanked out. What happens when you're holding something really tight and it gets yanked? You fall. It's called tug of war. And I don't want to play tug of war with Jesus. Okay. He's much stronger than me. And so when we keep that open handedness and he is like, Hey, like a great job. And then he's going to take this away so that he can give you the next thing in the next season. Um, is really fun. I love it. So yeah, I just wanted to bring that up to people who might be clenching onto something that God's given you. We have to be willing to let it go. You know, that scaffolding, Our, oh, it's, yeah. it's used in a period where you need strength and support. And so many times we don't want to lose the scaffolding because we don't trust the strength and support we're supposed to have now. Like yeah. you'll see it, especially with concrete work and things like that. They'll put boards and things in place while it solidifies. 
But when you remove those boards, you're trusting that it's solidified. So as God begins to move those, we want to hold on. It's like, oh, I'm not ready. And it's like, you are ready. Because then you even think about some of those scaffoldings that were just boards supporting you. They may have greater measure of value to be used in building somewhere else but because you're holding on to them to be your support they mm-hmm. can't walk into what they're supposed to do so That's it is good. definitely that season of trust and that support release is so powerful and we have to get really good at this of release when god says let it go let it go when he yeah. says hold on hold on like trusting those moments in all things um so yeah that was, that was such a beautiful picture you painted yeah. there, Sabrina, and i think um when it comes to people who are walking on the journey with us, it's so true. Hey, I gotta, I gotta yeah, go. I, I don't want to interrupt anybody. I have to go, but I wanted to say, that's what my podcast was about. I know, I was just going to say that. <laughs> so I was like, oh my gosh, see, Holy Spirit speaking to all of us. It's not me. It was the Holy Spirit. So listen to so it and trust in it, what the Holy Spirit wants to say. So I just had to say that. That's I was so like, crazy. Oh, I, was, I was doing the same thing. I was ready. I'm like, let's go. <laughs> um, but I'm an, I have to go get my baby from school. Love so. you. Bye, you guys. Right. Um, I also was having the imagery because I think sometimes um, when you are open-handed or you have that release um, on a consistent basis and you start to get like good at allowing God to take and give and take and give and having that um, posture, there's also times where we want to release because something is hard and it's not time for us to release it. It needs more of your attention. God is trying to teach you something through it. And so it made me think of the variable of a scaffolding, but more so like when you're doing an art project and you're using just like white Elmer's glue, right? And you put something in and you're waiting, you know eventually it's gonna harden and that is going to stay in place, but you go to do the next thing and you're like, ah, nope, I still gotta hold on to this. It's it's not quite ready yet. The, the, the cement has not yet settled, right? that you have to also be aware, and this is where my husband being who my husband is, he's willing to like poke and prod and remind me of my station. And so this is also a conversation about, are you in position as much as it is about, are you going to through transition? Because it's two different things. A transitional season, there's generally movement, but if you know that you know, and this is where I'm at right now, I know that I am in position. God is not asking me to move out of it yet, and yet I have to be willing to have that open-handedness to say, for this season, I'm positioned here, and to know that that might shift. And so I hope that that speaks to people who might be feeling like, well, is everybody in transition? Do I have to go out and no, like, if you're in that spot, like Chris knows he's in the right spot and he needs to stay laser focused on that, it's a huge difference. All right, Alexis, I'm excited to hear from you. And then we're going to have Chris close us out and pray us out too. Actually, Tamara, you just hit it nail on the head. So thank you. No! <laughs> no, seriously, like just nail on the head because I am currently in a season where I am... I feel like one foot is on the transition side and one foot is on the position side, right? And so um, I keep hearing like the time is now, the time is now, right? And so um, in my coaching business, in my podcast, I am in the middle of writing a book. I am doing a lot. Like the Lord has me, <laughs> whew, okay, sometimes I'm like, Lord, who who's supposed to do all of this? Because I don't, I don't know if it's me, right? Um, but at the same time, I'm still operating in my nine to five and I'm also building that program in department out. Right. And so I am sometimes feeling like I am in over my head and I'm like, God, this is a lot. 
but I keep hearing the time is now, the time is now. And transparently, I've been, um, I don't feel like I've been giving either one of them 100%, right? Because I am really at a space where I'm like, okay, God, am I doing the transitioning and am I moving out, you know, to where you're calling me to be? Or am I supposed to be giving all of my time and energy and effort and I don't know, right? And so I feel like I am in that that middle space with literally one half of my body in the transition and one half in the position side. And so what you all just shared, I mean, really spoke home and like Tamara, you just bring in that last piece. It's like, but I do believe that God has me here for a reason, right? I do believe that I'm still in this nine to five um, role because there are some building not just of the program, but also building of me, right? As I'm preparing to, because I'm I'm clear that this is my last, um, this is my last corporate position, mm, right? Like so even good. so to the point that he and I have mapped out a road to corporate corporate America retirement in the next Ooh. year, right? So like I'm clear, but at the same time, when I tell you I have been in such a limbo with this job and I'm gonna be very transparent. I feel like I am running out of grace here because the way I have not been putting my best foot forward. And I, again, I can be transparent because I'm just like, God, I don't, I don't want to be somewhere where my heart isn't, but if you have me here, like help me, help me get through it. And I just don't feel that I've gotten there just yet. And like, I had a, 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 a meeting with my manager today and she was just like, yeah, we want to see you do a little bit more. Da, 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 da. And I'm just like, in my mind, I don't want to be here, right? But again, I do believe, I I do believe that God has me here. And so um all of this to say, like I feel I'm in, I'm I'm riding this middle wave. And I know that He's calling me, He's giving me so many ideas and ways to um build in business and entrepreneur, uh entrepreneurial ventures as well. Um but I don't, I don't know. I, I just feel like I'm in this, this stuck place. And Chris, you said it earlier about like the spirit of distraction and like going in so many different ways. Um, And so I felt that hit home as well. So I don't know. I think this is more so when I originally <laughs> raised my hand, it was about <laughs> the, the asking of, you know, like, how do you know mm. which space um and so I feel like you all have given me a lot more language to understand um not necessarily knowing what direction to go in right. right now but at the same time I do believe that um even in my my obedience to just be transparent in this moment I believe the Lord has met me here and just mm. given me some more language about What's well, I have, I have more language for you and I can't hold it in. I was trying so hard, but I feel like so much my Holy, like the Holy Spirit is just like, go, go, go. go, go he was go, giving go. me this, um, this vision for you and the intention behind it is so powerful. And I see Momo feels Morgan Hart. I say Momo, uh, Anthony's bride said something in the, um, in the chat too. And I know Janice was kind of like wowed by this. Um, you have to know track a bit to understand the reference, but um, Hope Carpenter spoke at FounderCon last year and she had batons that she passed out to everyone. Um, and it's not in this context, but the Lord just reminded me of it. Ah, there it is. Anthony has it in his office still. The, the, don't feel like the disco ball just because of the spirit of distraction conversation that Chris had. 
because what I see you doing is that you actually are laser focused on the hopefulness and the intention behind the transition. But when you are on a relay with anyone and you're on the relay between your past and your future, there has to be such precision in the baton pass or the ball, the baton specifically, is dropped and you can completely lose everything. So the past version of yourself and the future version of yourself, the past of your testimony and everything that you're using to drive you into the future of where you're going is 1000% critical. And just like you don't let off the gas before you hit the finish line, you sprint into the finish line to gather those last few seconds. I feel like the Lord is asking you to have every strong step so sturdy as you go into this finish line that you're actually going to wow the management in the last couple of months or however long that duration is. And for you to have sure steps as you pass into this next season, um, and it's going to bless the mess out of the people that you're leaving. They're going to be in a shock of like, wait, no, like you were just getting good. And you're like, no, I was just finishing strong. And so finish strong and know that it's going to lead you into a beautiful baton pass. I can tell you with everything that you might see from the outside looking in from the multiple companies and all the things that are going on, I grinded for years where I was working a full-time job, a part-time job, a full-time mom position, all those things. I was waking up at 3 a.m. I might still do that just to be honest. Um, and I was going because I knew that the Lord had me in the place that I was with intention and purpose for my family family, but that was not where I was going to stay. And so if you just hold on to that, I promise you when the baton passes, you're going to feel so much more proud of where you're going and also free for the release to say, all right, it's my turn. It's this season that it's the turning of the baton and you're going into the next leg of your life. Alexis, I have a powerful book for you to read. Okay. It's Genesis 37 through about 46 or 47. Hmm. Go, re go read the story of Joseph again. Okay. God gave him the vision of where he was supposed to be. And then he went and told it to the people. He, he, he got the vision. He was supposed to be ruler over his brothers. And in his immaturity, he went and shared it with the people he was supposed to eventually rule over. And then you find his story. He gets thrown into a pit to die, sold into captivity. And when you're as a foreigner sold into captivity, you'll forever be in captivity. So he, the rest of his life was supposed to be a captivity. So in that place, he could have been offended and just said, this is all I'll ever be. But he rose to a place of authority, even in his captivity, where his the guy who was uh, his owner put him in charge of all of his house. And then in that moment, the owner's wife, finds something in Joseph and tries to uh, get him to have sex with her. And he says, no, I will not offend. I will not um, come against and cause an offense for my, uh, my owner. So she rips his coat off and says that he raped her. So he's thrown into prison. So in that place could be offended again. Instead, he for years sits there in prison as a, a foreigner. So they, this is all in the book bait of Satan, if, by the way, if you want to uh, offense can really occur is what he's talking about. We can even get offended in places of promise because of our expectations. And it will cause us to grind to a halt or slow down in walking to where God has us. But if you walk out of his whole story, it took about 21 years from start to finish for him to go through mess after mess after mess to get to the place that God finally had him be. And in that moment, his brothers show up. 
and he could have given it to him. I'm Pharaoh's number two guy. I could let you have it. You deserve everything you got. Instead, he cleared the room out and introduced himself to them. He didn't need to do it in front of anybody else because he knew he walked into his place of promise that God had told him. And now it was his call not to hang it over his brother's heads, but to be a blessing to them. So I just encourage you as you walk this out, please, please, please don't dwell in offense. Know that God has a purpose. The fact that he's still calling you, he's telling you there is purpose in every step. So begin to release that and say, I only do what I see my father do and say what I hear my father say. And I refuse to speak this moment over my life, knowing that he's still calling me to something else. That's so good. Wow. I mean, so even to the offense part, like, yeah, y'all are, Holy Spirit is moving, and I appreciate you all responding. So thank you. Thank you. That you- is so funny. My grandmother just finished that book, and she was telling me about that. She was like, it's so good. You should read it. So, okay. Now I gotta if go- you're an audiobook person, you can get their app, Messenger X, and you can get all of John Bevere's books and Lisa Bevere's books on there in audiobook form for free. It's got the videos of teaching, which... We're walking through it with our church right now. His teaching videos are amazing, and it will connect to you personally where you're at. I encourage everybody to read this book because little do we know, every one of us have found offense in our life. And a lot of it's justified offense. And God says, I don't want you to carry offense, even if you feel justified in it, because you cannot love to the level I'm calling you to love. You cannot walk to the level I'm calling you to walk. You cannot speak to the level I'm calling you to speak until you release the areas that you feel define you. Because at the end of the day, I'm the only one that can define you. So until you let go of your past, it will continue to affect your future. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. So good. Chris, do you still have a couple minutes to share to close us out? Yes, definitely. Uh, uh, because uh, we're talking about testimony and you were just talking about letting things go. And I have an amazing letting go testimony. Let it go. Uh, so <laughs> wait, was that you, Anthony? Maybe. <laughs> I I thought thought it was that that I was not you. me. I that was I avoid frozen at all costs. <laughs> Um, so, uh, I have a testimony, especially when it comes to business. So a year and a half ago, I had a company called 8 billion lions, which this is the logo, which is a fist, which represents fighting in the line, which represented greatness. Um, and I had this thing, uh, that was this tool that helped people figure out, you know, we all have this inner sheep and this inner lion and, you know, people would always come up to me and they're like, is this biblical? And I'm like, what are you talking about? And they're like, well, you know, Jesus is a lion, the lamb. I'm like, no, I don't know that. I don't know anything about Jesus. I don't believe in Jesus or the Bible. It's definitely not biblical. And I would get so annoyed because people would always ask me. And, uh, you know, I had, I had this thing set up. Um, Chris, I, I thought, I thought that Chris, I was in one of your you sessions. <laughs> Yes. And I thought that also. Me too. Me too. I'm like, this is great. And they're like, he's not Christian. I'm like, what? 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 I went and had a a long discussion with him afterwards about it. And I was like, bro, Uh, I was, I was just, God knew before you knew. Yeah. uh, Cause I was just thinking, um, I was, I was looking at Anthony and I I remember standing on stage and I was looking at everyone. Everyone's like engaged and, and they're, they're like excited. And then I would look over at Anthony and he's just, just a cold stare. And I think he's like some biker dude because the beard, I had no idea who's a pastor. And he's just like, it's like he's looking through my soul. And I'm like, it's just a matter of time before this guy runs up on stage and tackles me because I'm clearly offending him. I was like, I was so intimidated. And I was just like, this is not going over well. So I did as much as I could to not make eye contact with him. 
but I just thought that was that was a funny thing. But and so I stood on stage and you know, and I and I talked about this stuff and that me speaking EOIA that I was about to launch the whole eight billion lions brand and what I was really gonna go do is teach people new age spirituality and teach people how to worship the universe because that was the foundation of this. It wasn't it wasn't biblical at all. Um and and I was getting ready to go out there. I had all the branding done. I had the website built, the online courses. I had the speaking thing lined up like at my signature talk, everything like just ready to go and build an empire. And uh right before I did that, God was like and just like pause me and i was like okay i got to figure out if jesus is real like if jesus is real like i got to figure this out before i go focus on this business and i had to make a choice because the internship was 40 or 50 hours a week and so i could either work 40 or 50 hours a week building 8 billion 8 billion lions or i could spend 40 or 50 hours a week finding out if jesus is real and i chose the internship because i read a scripture that says you cannot worship both god and money for your love one hate the other and and uh, or you can't worship two masters for you love one hate the other then it goes to say therefore you cannot worship both god and money and i was like well if i go after this i'm worshiping money if i go after the internship i'm worshiping god and and that's what led to me giving my uh my life to god and and so as i'm going through the internship i god gives me this amazing revelation because i'm like lord i can't teach this stuff like this but i know this is like a multi-million dollar business this tool like i've taught it before and people are like this is so good and i'm like man, Tony Robbins better watch out because this is like a cooler version of anything he does. And I'm just so excited. And I'm in love with it. I'm just like, oh, my title was the Lion King and everyone would send me lion stuff because I reminded them of the lion. And it was just like, it was brilliant branding. It was all perfect. And it was so great. And uh, and then I realized like, God, none of this is in alignment with you. Like this isn't this isn't biblical and this goes against you. And it was so hard because I knew I had to let it go. And it reminds me of, of this image of, you know, the little girl holding the teddy bear. And she's like, but I love it, God. And he's like, just trust me. And I'm like, Lord, there can't be a better brand or something that I will love more than this. Like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen in personal development, Lord. Like, I can't let it go. And, and the logo, Lord, I love logo. And then one day he gives me this epiphany right before I give my life to Jesus and become a believer. And he explains what the logo is. He gave me this logo uh, two or three years before I became a believer. And he, I was sitting on the couch and I remember I was like, wait, is that the right hand or the left hand? When the graphic designer did it, if the thumb was on this side, it would be the left hand. But I came in my room and I look at, cause I got flags in my room. Of it. I'm like, oh my God, it's the right hand. And God showed me that the fist represents the right hand or the victorious right hand of God. Everyone always thought the fingers were a crown. And so the crown represents the kingdom of God and the lion represents Jesus, the lion of the tribe of Judah. And so what he revealed to me that this logo actually means is fighting for the kingdom of God. And I was like, like my mind was absolutely blown. And I was like, eight, eight billion lions, that's trash. Like, you know, whatever, that's garbage. Like Paul said, everything before Jesus was, is I now consider garbage. And I look at that brand and as like appealing as it is, it was like God had something so much better and I got to keep the logo. And um, and now my company, I changed the name to Warriors of God and we help uh, we help believers find their, their calling because when a believer finds their calling, they become a warrior and they can fight to expand the kingdom of God. And it was just this massive transformation where I'm like, wow, I had to let go of the thing that I idolized, the thing that I loved. I mean, I worked years putting it together before I launched it to the world. And I realized, like God showed me, I was about to go and build a an empire for Satan. 
teaching the world new age spirituality, teaching them to worship themselves, to idolize themselves, and that Jesus wasn't real and the Bible wasn't real. And God grabbed me right before. And so it's like, I thought this was 8 billion lions. And and now I know it's warriors of God. And so uh, that letting go and and giving him something, it's like, I let go of the little teddy bear and he gave me like the big teddy bear. And now I'm so in love with the brand. And now he gives me ideas, you know, like these, these battle cards, which is like, these are like so cool. And it's like, and, and now I'm doing battle calendars for the people and warriors of God where we're fighting, you know, against these spirits every day and we're pursuing the Lord. And he just keeps giving me all these creative things that are so much better than this junk. Like this is this is trash compared to what God has given me. And and everything that he's given me is, is biblical and it's powerful. And I'm seeing it transform people's lives. And the big shift is 8 Billion Lions was all about me and worshiping me. And I'm the Lion King and I'm going to run this whole, you know, revolution and now it's all about God. And I'm so happy that I get to take a back seat and that he's on the throne and that he's like the one that's glorified. And I just keep pointing to him, 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 because I was on a path of destruction and I didn't even know it. So um, sometimes Chris, we got to let go of the things that might actually hurt us. So, yeah. Chris, secretly, I wanted you to keep the name. Oh, because <laughs> I think you could have taken that name because what you're doing is raising up kings and following the king. Um, yeah. Because yeah. that lions thing, man, I think that was powerful for me. I I can remember sitting in that, and yeah, there's there's a level of discernment that even through everything you were speaking, I could see the God moments in it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you remember the conversation we had after that. You know, Tamara had kind of invited me to EYA to meet a lot of people, and I didn't meet any of them, but mm-hmm. I met you. And I told her when we left, I told her and Gary and Morgan, when we were leaving, I said, God brought me to EYA to speak to one individual. And it's not somebody I would have ever known before that meeting, but I knew without a shadow of a doubt, there was purpose in that conversation that you and I had. And it's just because I wasn't looking through you. I was just discerning (laughs) the things that you were saying, because there was truth in it. You just couldn't see it. But when you can yeah. he also looks that. through you, just FYI. And it doesn't matter if you're if you're walking in sin or not, you could be the holiest <laughs> person. He's just looking through you. <laughs> it's yeah, so good. But he did. All those conversations are so true. And we were so um prayerful and hopeful over what the Lord was going to do through your life. And it was such a beautiful, it's been such a beautiful evolution. And watching God transform you has been such a gift to witness. And now mm. the impact and the the power that he you allow him to exude through you rather than your own personal power which we know is a the concept of self-help in that personal development world um is truly where i believe the opportunity to become a warrior of god is because we know that eight billion lions is all-encompassing and warriors are set apart and yeah. so that there's a, a select few people who get that gift. And of course, our heart and God's heart is for all of his children. But we know biblically that's also not going to happen. And yeah. so I love I love um, the direction. I'm so glad you kept the logo because I want all the swag. Um, <laughs> but it's it's so exciting. Um, yeah. You want to you know, close this the, out? Oh, it's, the ahead, word, it's the word sanctified, too. I think yeah. sometimes we think sanctification is removing of everything. But there's some things that he put in you beforehand that in the sanctifying process, you realize the strength of what it actually was. And you let go of what your perceived notion was of it or what you expected out of it. And you can see what God wants to do through that. He is the author of creativity. So, so many times we have these creative flares in us that were bound to self and the enemy has used it and warped it and made it 
uh, counterfeit, but the motion, he, moment he begins to sanctify it, that's the moment it becomes powerful. That's the moment it steps mm. into its true form and identity of what he intended. So, yeah. And there's sometimes where I get intimidated because I've only been a believer for a year. And so like speaking on a podcast about God or something. And I remember I was driving one day and I'm like, Lord, I don't know. Like, I don't know if I got what it takes to like be able to talk about God on this next podcast I'm going on. And he said, Chris, you're 36 years old. I've been training you for 35 years to be a believer. And I was just like, like everything that I've gone through, everything that I've experienced, like he's been training me for 35 years to step into like who I'm really called to be, which is a believer and now a warrior. And so it's like that sanctification, like that's, it's, it's amazing. Cause God doesn't, you can't like, prepare what you've been prepared for. Yeah. Whew. Yes. Yeah. It's amazing. Pray us out, bro. All right. Uh, Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. Lord, I just thank you. Um, I thank you so much. I thank you for just walking with us every day of our lives. We are so fortunate to live in this world and not be of the world, but to be of you, Lord, and to know that all we have to do at any moment is look up and you are right there with us, standing right beside us like an amazing father. And so, Lord, I just thank you for that. And I just pray over every person in this group and everyone that listens to this recording or watches it or everyone was on it that jumped off early, Lord, that you just give us the eyes to seek you every day of our lives. You, be, you turn us into testimony hunters that every day of our lives that we look for you other than pro instead of problems. We don't look for, we don't focus on the problems. We focus on the solution, which is you. We don't focus on the fear. We focus on the faith, which is you, Lord. So I just pray that you help us uh, renew our eyes, Lord. Help us see you in everything that we do, in every step that we take throughout our day, Lord. Allow us to see you because we know the more that we see you, the more we can become like you. And the more that we are like you, the more we're going to shine our light in the world. And so I just thank you so much for loving us the way you do, for never leaving us or forsaking us, and for allowing us to draw near to you. Because when we draw near to you, you draw near to us. And so I just pray over all of our eyes, Lord, that today when we step outside, when we step off this call, that we just look for you in everything that we do. And when we look for you, we find you um, because we know that you're there. And so we thank you for everything that you're doing in our lives. We thank you for everything that you have done. We thank you for the millions of testimonies that we will have when we step into heaven. Um, and we just pray that uh, you keep doing your will in all of our lives. And Lord, I thank you for this fellowship. I thank you for the powerful leadership. Um, and we just thank you for our love, or uh, for your love and our love. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So good. Love you guys so much. For those who are still tuning into the podcast, we're so grateful to have you here. You are more than welcome to join this call any single day of or any single week of the year because it's every Wednesday at 12 o'clock Eastern and I will drop the show notes, uh, the link, and we're so grateful for you to tune in today. If you have any um, immediate feedback or perhaps one of your own testimonies as you're listening to this, we'd love to hear them. So you can either tag us in social media and share and we'll share out as well and potentially we'll bring those to this conversation just as gratitude for you all tuning in so we love you thanks again let's go hunt those testimonies Bye. bring a friend i guarantee you know somebody <laughs> who needs this as much as you did bring them with True. you bye y'all god bless y'all this is the founder collective <laughs>